Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Orchard Online. So glad that you chose to decide to join us here today for the final part of our series, Taming Lions. It's been an incredible journey. We've learned a lot, and we've got a lot to learn today. Leadership guru Peter Drucker rightly observed this. He said, whenever you see a successful business, someone once made a courageous decision. Someone once made a courageous decision. For weeks now, we've been learning from a teenage boy who made a courageous decision. As a matter of fact, he made a, a decision that impacted not only his life, but the, the life of many, many others who would come. I'm talking, of course, about Daniel. We know him as the prophet Daniel. <clears throat> we know him as the older Daniel who went to a den of lions. But sometimes we forget that the first lion Daniel really tamed was the lion of culture. And Daniel had found out a way to be faithful to God even in a foreign culture. And so now we're going to learn some more today about Daniel and his decision. As a matter of fact, we want to see how Daniel made a decision very early in his life that would impact the rest of his life. Another leadership guru, Stephen Covey, maybe you've heard of him. Covey said this. He said, I am not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. Now think about that just a moment. It's very true. Not a product of my circumstances. Sometimes we want to blame where we are on circumstances that are out of our control. Covey suggests decisions play an important part. Now Daniel could have easily complained about his circumstances. After all, you'll think with me just a moment, you'll remember how Daniel was taken from his homeland, away from his family, away from his friends, away from faith, and placed in a foreign culture. It was unfair. He didn't have any decision to make about it. It was cast upon him. He could easily have wallowed in that, that circumstance and said, you know what, just whatever it is, it is. But instead, he decided to make an important decision. <clears throat> Today, we're going to look at the results of that decision and where it landed Daniel. So to begin with, we're going to start reading in chapter 1, verse number 17. If you have a Bible, you can turn along if it's got pages or maybe it's on your phone or, or, or maybe your tablet. Or you can follow along on the screen and we'll see what Daniel says. Daniel chapter 1, beginning with verse 17 says, God gave. Now, I highlighted that for a reason. Everything we're going to say, we need to understand, is under the leadership and direction and divine guidance of God. He has worked in Daniel's life. I've said it many times. Let me say it one more time. In the book of Daniel, Daniel is not the lion tamer. God is the lion tamer. God gave these four young men knowledge and understanding in every kind of literature and wisdom. Daniel also understood visions and dreams of every kind. At the end of the time that the king said to the to the or I'm sorry, let me start that again. At the end of the time that the king had said to present them, the chief eunuch presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king interviewed them, and among all of them, watch this. No one was found equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they began to attend the king. Uh, other versions will say they began to serve him. In every matter of wisdom and understanding that the king consulted them about, look here, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and all the mediums in his entire kingdom. And now a really important verse that almost looks like a, a, a footnote at the end. 
Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Why is that important? It's important because King Cyrus did not come until years after Nebuchadnezzar. So Daniel lasted in this kingdom for a long time. Daniel grew to be an old man. As a matter of fact, many scholars believe that Daniel outlived his very captors. Could it be that much of that has to do with a decision he made when he was young? It may have seemed like a little small decision to some. After all, it was just about a diet. It was just whether or not you're going to eat meat with your vegetables. It was just about whether or not you're going to eat from the king's table or or not. Seemed like an insignificant decision, but even small decisions are important. As a matter of fact, I think it's important for us to realize that small decisions have big consequences. Small decisions have big consequences. Now, I tell you, you, you've seen already in our broadcast that we're recognizing and honoring our seniors today. And I guess if I could just zero in on seniors just a moment, let me just say to you graduates, let me say to you young people in the, in the uh, listening audience, let me say to even adults, but primarily gear in here, decisions you're making now, even though they seem small, may well impact the rest of your life. I think it's important that we understand that and we be careful or we're careful about how we make decisions and what those decisions are. As we grow experienced in life, we tend to understand that a little better. When we're young, we think, ah, not a big decision, not a big deal. Oh my, it could be. So let's take a look at Daniel and see how it was that he got to this place of being 10 times better and see how that decision impacted his life. Now, let me just recap, in case you've missed some of it, you can go back and you can check the podcasts out, or you can check the videos, but I want to just remind you, Daniel's taken captive to Babylon. The king has the idea of making him and his friends into good Babylonians. He sets forth a strategy to isolate them, sets forth a strategy to assimilate them into the community, into their culture, saturates them with a foreign culture in hopes that they might then become real Babylonians. His idea was to then place them somewhere in his kingdom service because he was expanding his empire and he knew that he needed fine young men, bright young men, sharp young men to lead in that community. Daniel was one of them. Three friends are mentioned and those three friends are named. Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Maybe you know them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from chapter 3. Point is, four of these young men are mentioned. Could it be because the four of them made a decision? The decision was, we don't want to eat at the king's table. Now, I believe that that decision was made to honor God. Daniel wanted to honor Yahweh, his God, and not succumb to the pressure of the culture to worship idols. By the way, our culture today still lures us away from Jesus and points us to idols. And so I think it's critical that we understand the importance of this decision. Now, what happened as a result is fascinating, and that's where I want to spend our few minutes here today. First thing I want you to notice is that because Daniel was faithful to God, because he was faithful in this decision to be faithful to God, the first thing we notice is that Daniel was placed in a position of influence. A position of influence. In fact, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1 tells us that when Nebuchadnezzar the king came for the interview, 
Ashpenaz had already interviewed him and everything was good. King Nebuchadnezzar comes from the interview to nail everything down. And when Nebuchadnezzar saw them, he was impressed. These young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, had come to the place that they were 10 times better in everything. He mentions things like even their physical being, that, that they were strong, they were healthy, they were good-looking young men. We see the fact that, wow, not only that, they, they're, they're given wisdom, and, and God blesses them even with visions and dreams. And, and that may seem like a, a footnote right now, but when you get to chapter 2 of Daniel, you understand the importance of that. And that the fact that Daniel could interpret a dream would become a very important part of what he became to that society. And so they entered into the king's service. That is, they were given a place of influence. Then, by the way, the second thing we notice is that Daniel was prepared for what was to come. He was prepared for what was ahead in life. See, we don't understand this sometimes, but things that we go through today are actually preparing us for tomorrow. I know it seems that that's getting ahead of ourselves in life, but speaking as one who's experienced a few years of life, I can tell you younger folks especially, I can tell you you middle-aged folks, I can tell you what you're going through today God is moving in your life to prepare you for what's coming next. And so it was for Daniel. Daniel has this incredible opportunity to rise to power. In fact, by the time we get to chapter 6, The king is now Darius. Years have passed by. Daniel has continued to be faithful. Daniel continues to set a godly example. His reputation is such that he is known as a man of prayer, a man of integrity, a man of strength and courage. He, in fact... When his people, the people around him begin to get jealous of him and his character, and and one day Darius comes. You can read this in chapter 6 of Daniel. Darius decides to make Daniel and a few of the guys in an elevated position. He decides to make Daniel the leader or the head over the entire realm. That's the word he uses in chapter 1 and verse 3. He says Daniel was to be elevated to the place of being over the whole realm. Now you can imagine all of the other boys began to get a little bit jealous. They decided that they would come against Daniel, and they would try to, to figure out a way to, to throw Daniel under the bus, if you will. And so they try to think of what, how can we get him to look bad before the king? And You need to read it in the first part of Daniel. It's incredible because what we see is they couldn't find any fault in the man. The only thing they could think of is this. We know that he prays every day. Now, wouldn't it be incredible if people just said about you, Well, the worst thing I can think about him is he prays every day. And so they decided to go to the king and say, Darius, you know what? You got people out here who are praying to other gods. We know that you're God. I think you ought to just tell everybody if they pray to any other god, they go to the lion's den. But when Daniel heard the decree, nothing changed. He went to this place of prayer. He prayed three times a day just as his custom was. He decided once again that he'd be faithful to God rather than bend and bow to the culture. He decided that he would worship God rather than an idol. And so Daniel prayed. When Darius heard the news, he had no choice but to throw his then friend, Daniel, into a den of hungry lions. Who would survive? Nobody can survive a hole that's filled, a pit that's filled with hungry lions. And this man, Daniel, thrown down into the pit to fend for himself. Daniel is there. 
I don't know for sure what all was going through Daniel's mind. I can't read that part of his mind. But this much I'm sure of. When Daniel looked at those ferocious lions and saw their teeth and saw their, the tension there and, and understood the danger and the peril he was in, I'm sure that Daniel thought this. You know what? God has been faithful to me all my life. He'll be faithful to me right now. I'm also guessing, but I'm pretty sure, because we know his, his Hebrew friends said this, I'm pretty sure Daniel was thinking, you know what? God will shut the mouth of the lions if he wants me to live. And if he doesn't want me to live, I'm okay with that as well. And so Daniel faced the lions. I'm wondering if he didn't think back to all the way to chapter 1, that period of time when he first came to Babylon and was first given the opportunity to face the first lion, which was his foreign culture. I'm wondering if Daniel didn't stop to think, you know what? I obeyed God then. I've obeyed God now. He was faithful then. God will be faithful now. Really and truly, the things that we experience in this life are preparing us, or in this moment, are preparing us for what's ahead. Daniel was prepared for the lions. The, fourth, the next thing I see about Daniel is this. I see that Daniel was in a position to point others to God. If you read the remainder of chapter 6, what you learn is this that Daniel did survive that night with the lions. King Darius came to the pit the next day, shouted in, Daniel, are you alive? And Daniel's response is worth reading. Daniel said, my king, I'm alive. God, my God, has shut the mouth of the lions. Now listen, friends, I think that's a pretty good word for us today because you and I face lions every day, right? You and I face situations and circumstances. Maybe it's people, maybe it's things, maybe it's uh, uh, what's around us, maybe it's worry, maybe it's anxiety. We face lions every day. It's good to know that we have a God who shuts the mouth of lions. It's good to know that we have a God who is not afraid of any beast out there, including that great lion, Satan himself, who's really a defeated foe. So he said, I've shut, God has shut the mouth of the lion. Darius brought Daniel out of the lion's den, and here's what he did. He put him to that position of excellence, but most important of all, Darius made this declaration. He said, our people should worship the God of Daniel, because the God that Daniel serves is God. So Daniel, through his lifestyle, was able to impact his world, his community, and even us now by pointing them to a heavenly Father who is the one and only God. Daniel's decision, even though it was small, had an impact the rest of his life. Even small decisions matter. Even small decisions are big choices. So we think about it just a minute, and we think about the influence that Daniel had, and we have to realize that it extended over 85 to 90 years. As a matter of fact, some noted that Daniel lived through the entire Neo-Babylonian period, through the whole exile, and continued into the reign of Cyrus. And it was Cyrus, by the way, who made the decree to release the Jews to go back to their homeland. Thus, Daniel outlived everyone in his uh, generation, outlived everyone of his captors. John MacArthur, noted Bible st uh, scholar, said it this way. I, I think it's worth taking the time to look at. Uh, MacArthur observed, 
Daniel served in his influential position for 70 years. His integrity and uncompromising character had far-reaching results. For when I see the wise men coming from the east, I think of the impact Daniel's theology must have had upon the Chaldeans' astrology. God gave him, notice, notice the highlight, God gave him the influence that I believe led to the decree of Cyrus to send the people back to their land, influence that led to the rebuilding of the wall under Nehemiah and to the reestablishing of the nation of Israel, influence that eventually led the wise men to come to crown the king who was born in Bethlehem. Daniel was behind the scenes of the history of the Messiah as well as the Messiah's people. Now, why is that important? That's critically important because we need to understand that Daniel's decision, as small as it was, led him to the place to be in a position that he could point others to God in his generation. And guess what? In our generation, to point people to Jesus. To point people to Jesus. Our most important factor, our most important mission to point Jesus, people to Jesus. Maybe it's you who are watching. You need to see Jesus today. Maybe it's someone else that you know. Daniel was a man of great influence who was in a position to point others to his God. I want to be in that position, don't you? I want to live my life in such a way and in such a factor that I can be a part of pointing others to Jesus. So to do that, I need to make some wise decisions. You need to make some wise decisions. The decisions you're making now do matter. The decisions about culture, whether or not you will bow to culture or bend to culture or whether or not you will reject culture, the the decisions you make now about whether or not you will be faithful to God or popular in the culture affect the rest of your life and do make an impact. And the decisions you're making right now about this conflicted, changing, shifting culture that we live in will will, will matter for the rest of your days, even into eternity. So we've left you with some takeaways for this series, right? We've talked about them and tried to be very frank with them. We said, first of all, don't be a dummy. I think that was from our our second message and very important for us to understand. Last week, we left you with don't be a jerk. I know that kind of hits us between the eyes, but I think you guys took that pretty well. So I got one more for you today. One more takeaway that we need to think from this series. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. Uh, You know, if you think about it just a minute, we have the opportunity right now to learn. We have the opportunity right now to, to gain insight into what God has for us. We have opportunity right now to make wise decisions. Maybe you haven't in the past. You say, well, Eddie, you don't understand. I've made a lot of bad decisions. I know we all do that, right? Good news is that Jesus Christ forgives us our sins. Consequences endure, yes, but he forgives us our sins. And, and he's not finished with us. He doesn't throw us away just because we make my, uh, uh, bad choices. But then he says, go make some good choices. Go make some wise choices. We need to make wise choices, especially in the culture that we live in today. How do I make a wise choice? Think that through. 
Andy Stanley has a quip that I like, and I, I, I want to quote him and give him plenty of credit on this one because it's something that I've remembered often and, and think about often, and I know that many of you do as well. Here's a good way to approach your questions. When you have a decision to make, Andy says, think about this. In light of my past, in light of my past, you see that? In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Not even what is the best thing. You know what? Sometimes the wise thing isn't the best thing. Not is what makes me feel the best, what makes me feel good. No, that's not, that's not it. Not even what will make me more successful. That, that's not the question. What will make me more money? That's not really the question. The question is, what is the wise thing to do? In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams. Why? Because the decisions you make today impact your life tomorrow. So, don't be ignorant. Make wise choices. Now, let me just say, the most important choice you can make right now is regarding your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The most important thing you can decide today is to be faithful and to have a personal and growing and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, Eddie, can I do that now? Sure you can. Sure you can. It's as simple really as ABC. Simply admit that you're a sinner. Understand that you know what? I, I fall way short of what God intends in my life. Understand that all have sinned. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Believe that Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross secured your salvation. And trust him. Trust him. Commit your life to him. Trust him so that, you know what, live or die, sink or swim, it's going to all rest on Jesus, not on me. Commit your life to him. And you can do that right now through prayer. Somebody be glad to pray with you. There's a place where you can click right there on the screen, and you can, you can just say, wave your hand and say, hey, I, I want to ask Jesus into my heart, or I have asked Jesus into my heart. Someone can be glad to pray with you. There's a place there where you can request prayer. Somebody's ready to pray with you and help you through that process we're talking about right now so that you can come to know Jesus. It'll be the wisest decision you ever made. It'll impact the rest of your life. Not only will it impact you today, It'll impact you tomorrow, the rest of your life, and into eternity. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the amazing grace that you extend to us daily. The opportunity you give us to know you, to cry out to you for the forgiveness of our sins, and to invite you to be in our lives as our Savior and our Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cruel cross so that I could have eternal life. Lord, I pray that this morning many watching or listening to this broadcast or other church broadcasts today or other places later through the week, God, I pray that many will make a wise decision and surrender their hearts to you. Lord, help us to make wise decisions every day. We pray in your name. Amen.